Welcome back to the Get Back Coach, presented by Apollo Media. And it is time. We lay to rest the Scott Frost era at the University of Nebraska. I know the entire Big Ten West and Big Ten in general are probably very upset at this news. But, Jay, we heard the news on Sunday morning. What's your take? Scott Frost, was it time? I mean, I can't believe they fired him on Scott Frost Day. Uh, But, you know, it's – here's the thing. You lose a very, very winnable game against Northwestern. You struggle the next week against – I can't even remember who they played last week, but it it was a team that they should have beat handily. North North Dakota. Not Ah, not – not North Dakota State, not North, North Dakota, Dakota. State. Uh, and then you you lose to Georgia Southern in Clay Helton's you know first year as a head coach, and Georgia Southern's getting away from the the triple option, and uh, so like that program's in a bunch of upheaval, and I I just got to be honest with you that I I don't think there was any way uh, Scott Frost was surviving it. I thought he would make it till October just because that was when the buyout cost dropped. Uh, but Nebraska didn't even wait. They were just like, "No, we gotta, we gotta move. Like this is this is not working out." And I think because I was expecting October second, like after their game on October first, I, I figured that they that's when they would fire him. But I think that was kind of just like, "Hey, like we we're gonna fire you anyway, and we're, we're not gonna delay this process. Um, we have enough money to give you your buyout." And maybe just also kind of has a lame, like to avoid the lame duck situation, you know, like Scott Frost knowing he's fired and just going through the motions. But I don't know. It's, it, it, it was time. Like that defense was something they could always depend on. And when your defense isn't even showing up anymore and we just saw like Northwestern, we thought, Oh, Hey, they might be back. And I know Elko's there. I know that's your guy. But, like, they just lost to Duke, Northwestern. Yeah. And I know the transitive property doesn't, you know, isn't an effective football, college football philosophy. But, you know, it's it's not – it was not looking good. No. And, and this was, was supposed to be the year. And it was a very – I mean, they've been undisciplined too. Like, there's – it's it's so many flaws within the program. I mean, little mistakes that are constantly going wrong. It's just Nebraska had like their their hand was forced. They, they didn't really have a choice at that stage, uh, and you know the Scott Frost era. Obviously, some people were hailing him as a savior for Nebraska. Obviously, uh, that did, that did not go well. I thought it was gonna. I mean, I thought it was gonna work out. Oh, dude, I thought it was gonna be good too. But I thought it was too. I, I saw. I think it was Andy. I want to say it was Andy Staple. He said, "If you were to." Uh, find a college football fan and you were to go to their dorm room and you were to say um, the straw that broke the camel's back at Nebraska was that Scott Frost was fired after losing to Clay Helton's uh, Georgia Southern Eagles. But you tell that to someone in the year 2017 (laughs) that uh, will someone call the cops on you? (laughs) Um, 
for being an insane person. Because think about that. That's what they will think. Five, they will think you're on some kind of drugs. <laughs> five years. Five yeah. years ago, Clay Helton won the Pac-12, and then was ran out of USC. Now he's at Georgia Southern. And then the guy that was hailed as the savior after leading Central Florida to an undefeated season and a national title. Um, that's that's the guy who who broke Scott Frost's tenure at Nebraska. That's absolutely insane. Like time doesn't move. Like years in college football are. I don't know. Would it be like dog years? It's like yeah, it's one like year of years. college. Like one year of college football is like seven normal years. Because For everybody it, except it Saban. <laughs> yeah, it like moves so fast, and we'll get to him later. But I don't know. It, it was time to happen. I think it was the first time watching a game where I was like, I think Scott Frost has lost the locker room. Yeah, it was one of those because like last year they were tough and they hung in games, but like this was supposed to be the year they turned the corner. Mm-hmm. And you watched it, like you said, undisciplined football, and the defense wasn't showing up. And like when that's it against Georgia Southern, which I'm gonna guess doesn't have a great. I mean, I don't know. I just I have a hard time believing Georgia Southern was that good. Um, but Scott the the Scott Frost era is is complete. At Nebraska. Now, now it's the fun part. Who replaces him? I mean, I, I've thrown my name into the hat for consideration, but the guy that you, I'm You're up for the up, job. I am up for the job. Look at uh, that. It's not a joke. Not a joke. Uh, but the, the guy that I would call first if I'm Nebraska, and I'm looking at a blueprint for how I can have success in the Big Ten West, mm-hmm. I, I'm looking at Mark Stoops at Kentucky and seeing if that's a guy who would be willing to make the jump. And there, there's some factors here. I don't know if Stoops would be willing to go there. I mean, he's, you know, part of that Stoops family. They all, I think, got their start under Hayden Fry. I could be wrong. So you have the Iowa history there. And then also the fact that Bob is at OU for forever. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's you know, there's there may be some uh, some folks in Nebraska that wouldn't be too happy about having a Stoops in there, right? But I mean, it, it just makes sense, especially with, I mean, with Calipari and and Stoops kind of getting into it in the off season. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, maybe if if Stoops doesn't feel welcome at Kentucky and thinks he can go to a place like Nebraska where you know, you know, football is king there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's. That's just the call that I would make because maybe there is some frustration there on Stoops' part considering what he's done at that program. And it's a style of football that I think would fit really well in the Big Ten West. Yeah, I actually love everything you just said, and I wasn't even thinking about Mark Stoops. But, yeah, you're 100% right. I think that's how you kind of get Nebraska back on the right track because the thing is I think Nebraska is still going to be able to get skill guys. I mean, skill guys now, you can get decent skill guys a dime a dozen for, like, decent skill players. You need big hosses up front, and I think that's what they were completely lacking. And that if you look back at Nebraska's best teams, they're big farm boys that are, are, may or may not have been in, on steroids in the 90s. 
allegedly. Um, allegedly, but that those would that's what Nebraska was. Um, and if Mark, if they could get Mark Stoops and they can establish like a good running, hard nose um, culture there, and then sprinkle in some, you know, um, some skill guys, because that's what Kentucky's lacking. Kentucky doesn't yeah. have any skill guys. But they have a good running game, and they're going to be in every single game because of it, and they play good defense. So I think that philosophy, that lifestyle, or that coaching style and play style, that fits well at Nebraska. No, I, I like that a lot. It's one, of, one, of my, one of my better uh, takes, I think. <laughs> no, absolutely. Oh, Jay, that's getting clipped. You're, getting, you're <laughs> definitely getting clipped for that one. Um, Hell yeah. I don't know. Like I'm seeing some names fly around. Like I don't – I see PJ Flex name flying around. I don't believe that one bit. PJ's not going there. <laughs> the message boards want Urban Meyer, of course. Oh my God! Yeah, the message boards, the QAnon for college football fans. The uh, message boards. Um, I don't know. Like Mark Stoops, I think one hundred percent. That would be that would be a home run and, hire. And I don't know that he he wants to leave Kentucky. I mean, this is just you know I'm, I'm just throwing a name out there, but um. I don't know. I see. I don't think Dave Aranda leaves. I know right now he's like the great white, uh, the great white Buffalo um, for a lot of these teams because of the year he had at Baylor. Um, yeah. But again, did, did everything just go right? I think he's a good coach. I really do. But you know, you only saw one, one good year out of him, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, listen, I, I've had problems with Matt Campbell before just that i don't i think he kind of squandered iowa state and i think with matt campbell you're gonna see more of bo polini ish like you're gonna have eight wins i think nebraska would take a return to bo polini at this stage yeah they would and i just think that matt campbell's not gonna be a forever answer because you'll take matt campbell and you'll win eight games a year, probably maybe nine, and then in a couple years, you're going to get rid of him because everyone wants to take that next step. And I don't know if Matt Campbell can actually do that. He had the team to do it last year, and he and he, and he didn't get it done. Um, I'm trying to look at some of these other names that are through here. Um, see, I, I don't see Sam Pittman leaving Arkansas. I don't either. I think he's an SEC guy, and I I think uh, he has such a good thing going. Yeah. That he he's not going to want to. Why rebuild something when? Why Lee? Why build something up and then not stay to see the fruits of its labor? Yeah, especially. You know? I mean, I'd argue that even though the SEC West is generally considered a tougher division, maybe not mm-hmm. as good top to bottom, but a tougher division. Uh, Arkansas, I think, is in such a great place right now. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I don't. I see. You know, Nebraska is going to be harder to build back up at this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. How about here's a guy? Here's a guy. That's a, that's almost a Chris Collins. Right? Here's a guy. Um, how about Alex Grinch? I I don't. Again, that's not a. That's. I mean, I don't think that's really a. I, I think it's would be a decent hire, but I don't know how yeah. it's going to turn out. Yeah, I mean. And I also don't know, like, if, if Nebraska goes digging into the coordinator pools either. Right. But we'll see. I have. <laughs> what if? I don't think it happens. But what if Bill O'Brien 
makes his head coaching return in college football? I mean, <laughs> I think Alabama would be happy to see him out of there, but that's something I think we'll get think to that. So? I don't think he's that bad. Listen, when, when he took over Penn State, I mean, the program was in the darkest of times for not really the on-the-field product, but for everything that happened off the field. And he did a good job of keeping everyone together. He did a good job of getting wins with the guys he had. Um, now, he did have all of Paterno's um, upperclassmen that stuck around. But, you know, he, he lost his best running back. He lost his best receiver and a really good kicker. So he kind of – he had some offensive linemen, and then he just picked up skill guys. Um, but his problem at, at Penn State his second year was the offensive line. Um, I don't know. I, I think Bill O'Brien – I think Bill O'Brien can do it. I really do. Um, I don't know how well, but I, I think <laughs> it's going to be better than Scott. I think Bill O'Brien in Nebraska is going to be better than Scott Frost, and I don't think that's like that big of a hot take. Yeah, well, to be fair, the Scott Frost era was pretty pretty bad, and we all thought it was a home run. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm seeing. <laughs> I, I saw Brett Bielema. I mean, He'd do it too. He, I mean, he's, he's an Illinois guy, though. Yeah, but but he he'd he'd go to Nebraska. But again, Nebraska if he goes to Nebraska, so if he goes to Nebraska, like there's there's not there's no pressure on him at Illinois. Yeah, all he has to do is just be comp- like be competitive and go to bowl games. That's all you have to do at Illinois. Yep. You go to Nebraska now. You have to like they want to be competing for the Big Ten West title every yeah, year. Yeah, it's the big it it it's a it's a curse. Yeah. It is a curse, and I don't know. Um, I, I do think Mark Stoops is is your hire. If if they get Mark Stoops, I would. And it, again, I don't know that the interest would even be there. That's just who I would personally go after if I was Nebraska. And like you said, you know, Mark Stoops knows that Nebraska's football's king. Yeah. He knows. And he knows that. And he you think he's tired of being second fiddle in Kentucky? Or do you think that he kind of enjoys that people are becoming more football people in Kentucky? Uh do you think, think he, he enjoys I think he enjoys it. I don't know. I mean I, I kinda do. I also think he liked kind of taking that shot at Cal, but I mean, I don't think many people like Cal to be fair. Calipari. <laughs> Listen to the Kentucky radio for a little bit and, and hear, and hear what they think of Calipari. Um, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, you know, what's back though, Jay, honestly, watch <laughs> watching flight patterns at silly season, airports. baby. It's, I, I didn't think it would be coming this early, nah. but uh, watching <laughs> watching plane radar season is going to be back. Um, it's already also, here. Also possibly back is James Franklin uh, interested in the Nebraska job. Also back. Um, I can't wait for I can't wait for that rumor to fly off. Um, so Scott Frost is gone. Ten years over. Everyone of the Big Ten West is definitely upset about it. Uh, but we move on to a review of week two. And, Jay, I want to start on Friday, okay? Louisville upsets Central Florida 
and I don't want to spend too much time on this game because we got a, a whole list of things to do because yesterday, yesterday was just a plethora of college football chaos. I looked at this line. This line was UCF by a touchdown. And I looked at it and I said, that looks way too easy. Louisville just got rolled by Syracuse. And they have to go on the road to UCF. Really good program. Really good group of five. And you're telling me they're only getting a touchdown? Vegas must have won loads of money on this. I didn't bet on it. I said, nah, that smells to me. I'm staying away. And Louisville, Louisville's defense played really well. Got a bunch of stops uh, towards the end. Um, I don't know. Satterfield, man. Listen, he needed that win. Like that is. I had already written off Louisville as a program after their loss to Syracuse, where they just got Mm -hmm. destroyed. So I mean, for it was a great win for him. Uh, You know, there's some things obviously going on at UCF. Uh, There's some inconsistencies there with that offense, but it's it's still it's a good win for for Satterfield and company. Mm -hmm. No man, I mean, hey man, it's Gus B. Gus B. and Gus. You know his. Auburn teams were the same way. Um, I think Auburn's kind of still like that. Their kind of identity is they play to the level of their opponent, whether it's good or bad. And Gus Malzahn is going to beat teams he probably shouldn't beat, and he's going to lose the teams that he definitely should, you know, should beat. So I don't know. Uh, but that was the game on Friday. Uh, Friday, really good game. But we will now go in to Saturday. Um, let's start off with kind of the game everyone was watching at noon. I don't know, UJ, I knew you were at a, uh, a function. On yeah, Saturday. I had to, uh, I had to ask the lady, pretty funny, uh, waiting for the ceremony of a wedding to start uh, in a Catholic church. I felt pretty bad looking down at my phone, watching the, uh, the Texas Alabama game going on. Hey, so sure. hopefully, hopefully God understood. Maybe he was watching the game with me. You no. Know, hey, listen, it's we we're all we're all there. We, we all. Understand. And, and once the ceremony started, I did put my phone down for the record. There we go. See, look at that. Good guy, Jay. Um, so with Alabama, Texas, um, listen, this was a, a really close game. Um, Texas, I think I think the big thing we learned here, Texas held their own defensively. I think that right there is the big takeaway of this, that they held their own. That was always the question mark. And I think going in the Big 12 play, you got to be – listen, I know moral victories, you don't like them, but they held their own defensively. Now, unfortunately, Quinn Ewers is done for looks like about four weeks. But Card played okay. I think they protected him a little bit. They didn't want him to do too yeah. much, but – I think I think Carr I, I think they'll be okay once he gets more comfortable. Car Card's a little banged up after the game too, but it was uh it was interesting for sure. Uh the defense really gave uh Alabama's offensive line a lot of problems throughout the day. Mm-hmm. I mean Texas was getting pressure on Bryce Young the whole time. It was the the playbook that uh, has been used to success, I think, is is just pressuring Bryce Young. Now, when when Bryce was able to get out of the pocket, escape, and scramble, he was dangerous. But you know, anytime that you're able to to force some some miscues in the throw or or be able to get sacks and hit the quarterback, it, it's 
it's a big difference, uh, especially against this offense where, you know, Bryce is, he doesn't have maybe the receivers that he's had in the past, uh, kind of adjusting to, and not that there isn't talent at that receiver position, but it's still an adjustment period, right? You're early on with these new guys. Uh, it's something that he's going to have to adjust to. And I think Texas did a great job by bringing the pressure all game. No, absolutely. And I will say, though, there was kind of a BS, you know, roughing the passer penalty that really screwed Texas, and that's I think it was in the second quarter. Um, they had a safety, and the Bryce Young kind of went down. Like, he kind of flipped over Well, someone. so the, on that one, they, they did decide that it was uh, it was not intentional ground. Like, he got the ball off, and it wasn't intentional grounding. Uh, it was the ruling. Oh. That's, that's it was it was a very bad like initial call with targeting for whatever reason. They said uh, roughing they the passer with targeting. Yeah. Oh, so they said so they said he wasn't down. They got the ball off. Yeah. Oh, okay. So now that makes way more sense. You know, good thing. See, Jay, good thing. I, I thought I thought it should have been intentional grounding, but apparently it it hit a player, and that's why it wasn't intentional grounding. Because uh, oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't those. think it. I didn't think it made it past the line of scrimmage. But I guess in that scenario, the way he was trying to throw it, I don't know. Uh, but it, we could sit on dwell on that forever. Uh, yeah. And also on the what would have happened if Quinn Ewers had stayed healthy. But you know, what if? What if? Right. I saw a good meme. It was like, what? It's like, what are you going to tell your text or telling your Texas child about first quarter Quinn Ewers against Alabama? And it's just like a guy with like the note, like uh, a book, reading the yeah. book. Uh, like I think it was, what's it called? Um, uh, Princess Bride, the f- yeah. father, the grandfather reading the book. But I, I was, I mean, I was joking that if Colt McCoy had stayed healthy, they would have beat Alabama. <laughs> Still using that joke? Have to. Have especially, always, especially when the starting quarterback gets hurt. I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, it, listen, it's just one of those times. Again, I mean, it didn't happen last year with Texas A and M. Um, during the regular season, but during the regular season, Alabama, they just, uh, you know, Alabama finds a way, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Goldblum right there, uh, finds a way. All right. Um, here's a game that I don't think a lot of people, um, had on their radar, but it was actually sneaky. Good. Uh, Wisconsin was zoo. Okay. Um, I believe Wisconsin, Wisconsin go to pull. Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> pull for the Cougars. That's no, why. So That's why this, you were like, yeah. This game was at Camp Randall. It was at Camp Randall. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Uh, you know, inc- incarnate word transfer Cameron uh, Cameron Ward. You know, uh, had a pretty solid game. A few turnovers, but yeah. You know, I mean, anytime you can go into Camp Randall and beat. Wisconsin, that's a big win, and I think Wazoo has to shoot to the top of the boards as far as a team to watch in the Pac-12 North. Absolutely, and and this Washington State, and I, I'm going to be honest, this is one of the games that that kind of got away from me this weekend. Um, you know, being at Penn State, and then I was watching games. Um, you know, obviously I'm watching the games last uh, yes yesterday afternoon and last night. I watched some of the noon games this morning. This is the one game that kind of got away from me. Um, I'm just I mean, Washington State seemed like they threw the ball. I mean, it's a 17-14 game, so that's all. That's a Wisconsin-type matchup. But 
I mean, doesn't look like Graham Mertz did terrible. I mean, 18 for 31, 227. Um, I don't know. I just looking at these stats and it, it looks like Wisconsin controlled this football game, but like Wazoo just found a way to steal one here. Yeah. I mean, it's find a way to win. Right. Uh, And especially on the road, like if you, mm -hmm. if you can keep around, hang around in the game on the road like this, it's, it's tough, but hats off to Wazoo for a great performance. Look look at these, look at these stats here for a second. And again, I, I didn't, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to sit here and, and, you know, pretend like I watched this game because I didn't. I'm like, this one got away from me. But look, look at this here. Total yards, Wisconsin, 401. Washington State, 253. Passing so yards. Wisconsin did get flagged 13 times uh, Ooh, for 125 yards. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. But, like, passing yards, Wisconsin, 227. Wisconsin outpassed Wazoo. And they lost. Rushing yards, obviously Wisconsin's going to win that battle, 174 to 53. Um, first downs, Wisconsin, 22 to Washington State's 10. Third down efficiency, Wisconsin, 8 for 15. Wazoo was 2 for 11. Um, total plays, Wisconsin, 75. Time of possession, Wisconsin, 38 to Wazoo's 20, 21 and 58, so pretty much 22. Um, turnover battle was even. With two fumbles and an interception with Wisconsin, and then a fumble and two interceptions with Wazoo. Um, man, like, you know what this reminds me of a little bit? Wisconsin and Penn State last year, where Wisconsin kind of controlled that whole football game, and then Penn State just stole one. <laughs> so, so reading this, it looks like uh, Wazoo was was trailing in the fourth. Yeah. And Cameron Ward threw that interception. And then uh, Washington State wide receiver forced a fumble on the interception return. And Wazoo got the ball back at the Wisconsin 49. So he threw a pick. And then they forced a turnover. So Wisconsin fumbled it back. And then was, and Washington yep. got the ball back. on. And now it's first down. Yeah. That's it. That's I mean, With, that's one Wisconsin of loses football. a lot like these. <laughs> I honestly, and like, I think a lot of people from like, especially from the Big Ten East, kind of see Wisconsin as like the premier Big Ten West team. But Wisconsin loses a lot of games like this where they should like where they should win. Yeah, they're one of those teams. Um, they win. They lose very weird. Um, speaking of losing games, um, Jay, do you want to talk about it? Because it's I, time to talk about yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, hey, so first of all, hats off to App State. This wasn't a fluke. App State mm. absolutely was the better team on Saturday. It, it was an ass-kicking, to be honest. The only reason A&M was even in the game was because of Devon A. Shane uh, being able to return a, a kick for a touchdown. I mean, it, App State, Jimbo Fisher wants to run a ball control offense where time of possession is heavily in his favor. Uh App State did that to A and M, and I mean Cameron Peoples, uh, running back for App State, stepped up after their starting guy went down, and so he had a hell of a contest. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean App State was more physical up front as well, I mean, especially that that offensive line for Appalachian State. I was really impressed with, uh, and then offensively A and M just couldn't get anything going. Uh, the, the passing game wasn't good. 
the rushing game wasn't good. It was, I mean, it, App State was the better team, clearly. Uh, and, the, and the fact that it was 17-14 and not 17-7 is literally all because of one kickoff return. <laughs> yeah, like they, they dominated time and possession. Like they, and here's the thing. I think everyone knew App State's offense was good. You know, I, I think everyone kind of had that feeling. But, like, Texas A&M is one of the better defenses in the country. So if I, And if someone after Chase Bryce had an incredible performance through the through the air last week for App State, mm-hmm. I was expecting them to, to rely on that more. But A&M right. limited him to 134 yards passing. So, you know, he's a five, uh, he was 50% completion percentage. So it's not like they got beat by Chase Bryce no. through the air no. on this. This was – Time of possession, App State was more physical and ran the ball. If you would have told me that Texas A&M would have held Appalachian State to 17 points, I would have said that's a win. Like they they won that game, you know, you know, 30 to 17 or, you know, 24-17. But Texas A&M, they only had 186 yards of total offense. Like again, I don't know if cuz Jimbo's calling the plays, right? Like he's the offensive coordinator. I I don't know if that's official, but I think we all know that that's what's actually happening. Like he, and I'm pretty like, sure he's the play caller. We've talked about this before, right? Yeah, this yeah. is like I the mean, Seinfeld caller uh, shtick, where like comes yeah. up every once in a while, where I ask, "Is Jimbo calling the plays?" And like, no one really knows officially, but that offense that you got to figure it out the offense because Texas A and M should be a nine one football team and. They're not going to be if they can't figure out this offense. Because as we saw with Iowa, it doesn't matter how good your defense is if you don't have a good offense. You know, you're you're kind of screwed, and we'll we'll get to them later. Um, but yeah, the, I was really surprised when I saw the stats. Yeah. Really surprised, and then when I, I mean, went back and watched, it was like, wow, this is yeah. like you said, it was that pump that pump return almost saved Texas A and M. Yeah. So I mean, it's. Really, I mean, I, I I was nervous about this game when App State was on the schedule, right? I mean, we we mm-hmm. we know the history of Appalachian State. Why we do know people they, keep scheduling them? Yeah, why? Why uh, you're in a no win situation? I I couldn't tell you, but uh, you know, again, hats off to them. Big win. Obviously, it was a great Saturday for the Sun Belt. So we have another one of those Sun Belt teams that we'll get to here in a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, App State was dominant. This this wasn't a fluke win. App State went out and and handled Texas A&M. Like you know what we just said with the Wisconsin game, where you know the the team that wins, like Wazoo won, but like if you look at everything, like Wisconsin pretty much dominated. Like looked like they controlled that football game. When these upsets happen, that's how it usually looks. Like yeah. hey, they they stole one. Like we should have won it, but we didn't. But if you look at the stats, Appalachian State. You know, won almost the entire stat line. So it's, I don't know, it's, you know, people's. I mean, they they won the turnover battle. Yeah. It was Cameron, Cameron, uh, Cameron Peoples was great running the ball. I mean, you're averaging 5.9 yards carry. So, I mean, it's Jim, here's the thing like, they had all those great recruiting classes, like top five recruiting classes. Like, you can't. They they gotta come out and and win a bunch of games. Like, 
they they can't let this one hurt too bad. Like they gotta go out. They gotta get with nine wins. They my, cannot. Miami's, they can't. Miami's coming to town next week, so I know it doesn't get I easier. Know. But it's it's gonna be, like you gotta get to nine wins. You you can't have another eight and four year. You can't. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything else, Jay? I know this is hard. No, I mean it, it's not too hard. It's as a college football fan, I'm really excited for App State next week against James Madison. It's going to be a fun Sun Belt matchup. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. They're playing each other next week. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, add that to the card for later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you Sorry know where to spring that on you. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I, because uh, I, I, I'm. Oh, no, nope, sorry. Like, That's two weeks from now. Appalachian State plays say, Troy next week. My bad. I would, uh, yes, I was going to say, I, I would have, I would have seen that. Because they're going game day is going to Boone now, since yeah, App yeah. State beat them, um, they basically they've claimed game game day, which I think is that game's going to be terrible. Oh, yeah, App State should blow them out. A- App State's going to blow them out, um, but again, they won't go to they won't go to Penn State Auburn because it's. I mean, although CBS. Troy Troy's defense is pretty solid, they 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 kept them in it mm. against Ole Miss in Week One, yeah. so who knows? Yeah, I mean. Boone is a great place. Boone yep. is a great place. Um, so hopefully things get better in Aggie land for you. Um, here's one. Um, Tennessee at Pitt. So this is the tale of two halves. Um, I had the over 68 or the over at 67 and they had 41 total points at halftime. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to hit. And then rain started coming down. Things got a little sloppy and the over did not hit even in overtime. Tennessee scores. All I needed was Pitt. Yes, Pitt, I was rooting for you for a little bit to tie this football game. <laughs> and in typical Pitt fashion, they get uh, Slovitz gets sacked for like, you know, 15 yards and they lose. And yeah, I'm happy that Pitt lost. I'm going to be honest. I am. I, I found joy in it. Um, I don't like that Tennessee looks like they are gonna they are definitely on the up and up. It it's I think it might be time to talk about Tennessee. Like I we'll think see. Tennessee I think Tennessee is a nine win football team. Great and win I know for that, that program, is, but I know. I hate them. They still I, have Alabama and Georgia on the schedule. I know they do. I know. And I that offense is so good. Yeah. Hendon Hooker is really good. Um, with that, they they are they can be a dangerous team, especially at home. They are climbing that ladder again. I don't think they are quite there yet to compete with the Georgias and the Alabamas. But um, again, I don't know what their schedule is later on in the year. But if with Florida. Kentucky, that second tier of SEC teams that we're seeing right now, Tennessee is better than those teams. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, Pitt couldn't happen to a better fan base. Couldn't happen to a better guy than Nardog. Pat Narduzzi, the Nardog <laughs> himself. He can screw himself. God, he's such a blowhard. Um, but yeah, Tennessee's climbing that ladder. Um, but yeah. Also crazy. I think that I think the Heinz Field. I, I was watching the game once it Akersher started raining. Field. 
Yeah, Akershire. I ain't calling it. <laughs> it's Hines. It's Hines. <laughs> Akershire. I ain't calling it Akershire. Um, you know, you look at the upper decks, man. There's, there's, there's no one in the upper decks. Like, it. And I'll give the students credit. The students are showing up. Yeah. For the most part, at Pitt. So, there. If any Pitt fans listening, your students are doing a good job. You got to get the the alumni and everyone else in the community to keep showing up because when you have a game against Tennessee, there should not a ranked be, versus ranked matchup. Yes, there shouldn't be section like sections in the upper deck not filled. And like I honestly think when it started raining, people left in a close game. Like that stadium Soft. sounded really good in the first half. It did, and the lower bowls were filled. And again, the students did really well. Um, but you, you, you got to get more people in there. You got to, you got to, um, but no, Tennessee, I think, I think they might be for real. Right. I honestly think they might be for real. Um, another Sunbelt game here, new, new Sunbelt member, Marshall beats Notre Dame. Um, man, that, uh, Columbia. He ran for 163 yards on a defense that is good. This defense is good at Notre Dame. I still believe that. Their offense is – that's like a common theme here because we're going to talk about Iowa and we talked about Texas A&M and now Notre Dame. These offenses are not good and they are holding back really good football teams. So, Marshall, listen, and Marshall's not terrible. Marshall and App State, I think, are pretty much on the same level. I think App State's a little bit better, but Marshall's no slouch. So, I, but I don't know that this is a bad loss for Notre Dame, and I, I feel bad for Marcus Freeman. I really do. It's not good, and like you said, the offense is is the limiting factor here. Marshall put up twenty six points, but you know, seven of those points come courtesy of a of a pick six right so yeah true, uh, true. it's they have to get the offense figured out uh like you said with uh the running back from uh from marshall uh uh Columbia. i don't know if i'm saying that uh so columbia's the quarterback laborn Kalen laborn is the, oh, the yes. guy that ran for 163 mm-hmm. yards uh but it's I mean, Marshall is just – it's its its shaping up to be a really fun Sun Belt season. I'll just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, pr- pretty shocking to see Notre Dame go down like that. Uh, I mean, we already talked about Georgia Southern beating Nebraska. You have James Madison, who looks really good this year. Appalachian State. I mean, Georgia State nearly beat North Carolina. So that mm-hmm. whole eastern part of the Sun Belt is just – it's tough. It's going to be it interesting is. to see what happens. It is. And you know what, Jay – can we talk about the Sun Belt maybe being the best group of five conference? I think we have to. I mean, Old Dominion last week against uh, Virginia Tech. There's just mm. so much going on with this conference. Now, the, the Sun Belt West hasn't looked as good, although I will say South Alabama smoked Central Michigan on Saturday too. It's another good yeah. win for the, for the, for the Sun Belt. I think Central uh, Michigan was kind of riding high on a moral victory against Oklahoma State. And yeah. I just think Oklahoma State uh, – I think Oklahoma State played very vanilla at the end. I think they rotated some guys in, and Central Michigan kind of caught with them towards the end. And I think they're kind of riding on that. 
Um, but like looking at the American, I mean, East Carolina beat Old Dominion this week. Carolina's good. Yeah. East Carolina's yeah. good. I I really like them. But like, you know, okay, UCF lost to Louisville. I mean, that's a. I mean, it doesn't Louisville is power five, but I mean, let's throw Houston against. If you put Houston against App State, and you took Marshall against. Cincinnati, I mean, I guess the American's still better. Um, now that I'm kind of looking at it, but like these bottom teams, like Temple, Tulsa, UCF, well, uh, UCF Tulsa, Tulsa did just handle uh NIU, uh, pretty, pretty handily at home. Now, their yeah. loss in week one wasn't great to Wyoming, but I'm willing to give them a little bit of slack on that just because. You mm-hmm. go to play at Wyoming. It's the highest stadium right. in, in Division right. One football, and I, I'm a sucker for altitude. You know this. Yes, I'm aware of this. So, okay, looking <laughs> back, looking at this now, yeah, the American's still better. The American is still better, but the Sun Belt is coming through. The Sun Belt, again, I, I said about this before. Early 2000s, the Sun Belt was a laughing stock. Everyone laughed at the Sun Belt. The Sunbelt Conference. What is the Sunbelt Conference? And now they have turned this around and has made have made it fun. They've turned it into the Fun Belt. It's better than the MAC. It's better than the Mountain West. Sorry, Jay. It is. Yeah. Conference obviously better than Conference USA. And we didn't even it's, talk about Coastal Carolina yet, who's also a good program. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Coastal. <laughs> again, yeah, Coastal. I told you, dude. That the Sunbelt East. Sun so. Sunbelt East, Coastal Carolina, Georgia Southern, James Madison, Marshall, Appalachian State, Old Dominion, Georgia State. That, but, oh my God. Georgia that's State a, had North Carolina. They, they went with North Carolina down to the wire. We can say that the American is is the best conference in Group of Five. I'm confident that Sunbelt East is the best division in Group of Five. Now it helps that the American doesn't have divisions doesn't have anymore. Division. But... <laughs> But I'm calling the Sunbelt East the best division in Group of Five football. That's a murderer's row. Poor Old Dominion. Yeah. Because they, <laughs> Old Dominion's kind of sitting there like, what the hell? Like we're better, but like, dude, the what? Like these teams are all. That that is a murderer's row yeah. of a division. And like, if you want to talk about parity within a division, I don't think you're going to get better parity than that East division in the Sunbelt. Yep. It's so good. Um, very, very good. Also, shout out, and I we shouted him out this morning. Um, follower of the program, Jay. I don't know if you know this. Charles Huff, Coach Huff, Coach Huff does, Coach Huff does follow us on Twitter, and big win against ND. So this is, and I know my West Virginia people are going to be mad at me right now, but listen, right? This is a Coach Huff podcast, which makes us a herd podcast for right now. <laughs> So we can be we're, we're we're playing both sides of West Virginia, but we are a uh, we are a Huff a Coach Huff podcast right now, which Just we, we do have to get into the it's a perfect segue to look at is this, Kansas yeah. back? Um, <laughs> Kansas is better. Kansas that is offense certainly better. Is They've two weeks. They have put up fifty some points. Hey, um, and this is two thousand seven Kansas vibes right and now. This is they beat West Virginia. 
Um, listen, what, what it's kind of ironic that for three years, West Virginia's offense was the reason why it didn't win more games. It couldn't get out of that six and six range. And now it's because of their defense. Um, And here's the thing. And living in Morgantown, I I, I did learn a couple things about West Virginia. When Holgerson left, he kind of – the program was a little bit of a mess. He just went eight and four, lost a bowl game to Syracuse. Will Griller did opt out of it. But they went eight and five, and they had one of the biggest, like, veteran squads West Virginia has had in, in, in a while. Yeah. It was supposed to be the year. They beat Texas in that classic game, and then they, they lost a couple they shouldn't have lost to, lost them at the end with Oklahoma State, lost a really close game to Oklahoma. And – it was kind of such a downer of a year when it had a lot of promise. So Holgerson leaves, I think seeing the writing on the wall of this is the best it's going to get. I got to go. We need a fresh start. Neil Brown kind of inherits the, the cupboard was bare. Now what he did next was he kind of fixed a culture problem. There was a kind of a bad vibe around that football program with, them getting into trouble outside of, um, you know, off campus. They're not saying Holgerson hit anything, but it was kind of a bad vibe around that football program with some of its players. And I think Neil Brown came in and repaired that, you know, got them in the community, made sure they were going to class, made sure they were doing all these things that they needed to do. And it repaired it. The problem is when you do things the right way, it doesn't always translate onto the field, and it also makes the on-the-field product harder because you're holding people to a higher standard off the field. So we're not the, seeing that. I the think one thing Neil I'll Brown, say is that yeah. offensively, you know, it's this is a team that's going to still have the ability to jump up and beat any of the good teams at the Big Twelve. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, they nearly knocked off Pitt. Really, they should have won that game on the road. This is another game that was very winnable. Uh, obviously, it's overtime. And Kansas, you know, there's such a negative stigma around losing to Kansas. Uh, but, again, I don't I don't think this is the same Kansas team. No, uh, it's not. Lance Leopold has won everywhere he's been. You know, he so many national championships in the D3 level at uh, Wisconsin Whitewater. Goes to Buffalo, has that Buffalo squad ranked, which is, you know, not mm-hmm. something that is common. And Very now, easy. I mean, you know, last year Kansas had two wins. He's already matched that in 2022. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I know there's going to be fire Neil Brown. I know it's starting. Um, and the thing is, and I'm going to say this, I kind of do think I think it's it's a bad it's bad timing that now you have an offense and now your defense is rebuilding where your defense has carried you the last three years and your offense was terrible. Um, It's kind of ironic. I think it's poor timing. I think if they move on from Neil Brown, which I do think is going to happen, um, because I think that program is down right now. Um, I think that locker room is down, and I think Neil Brown is going to be the sacrificial lamb. I will say this. Whoever takes over the West Virginia program next is going to be successful. And I do believe that they have Neil Brown to thank for that because the culture in that locker room 
and that culture within that football program is better than what it was when Dana Holgerson was there. And and who knows? Maybe West Virginia turns it around in the the back half of the season and you know closes with a nine ten win season somehow by just rattling off, you know, several like running the table. Who knows? Who knows? We can't predict the future. No. But obviously, right now, zero and two, you know, and and not having had success, uh, Neil, Neil Brown is indisputably on the hot seat. Here's the thing: if they get to eight wins, if they can get to eight. Neil, I think Neil Brown deserves to stay if they can get to eight wins. Um, again, I relate a lot of things to Penn State. I, I've seen this before. Okay, Penn State, two first year Bill O'Brien lost to Ohio and a bad Virginia team, missed a bunch of kicks, and Ohio really outplayed them. And then they ended the year. They ended the year eight and four. You know, beat a good was beat a good Wisconsin team. Uh, took an, uh, an Ohio State team down to the wire. So anything can happen, but if there is truly good culture in that locker room, those guys are going to keep fighting, and I hope and I hope that's the case. And speaking of the Big Ten, uh, the next matchup we have on the books is El Asico, as we like to call it, Iowa State at Iowa. Yeah. Uh, very. I mean, was that under the surest bet of all time, or what? <sighs> <laughs> I was wrong about so many things with this game. I was just wrong so much. I I thought in my head, you, you ever overthink a bet, Jay? Oh, yeah. All the time. Like, I looked at, I wasn't going to put money on the over. I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, an, I'm not a crazy person. Yeah. But I'm. I was like, why do I have a feeling that Iowa is just going to blow the doors off Iowa State? With their and their offense is going to come alive, and that over is going to somehow hit. And I thought about it. I was like, and I thought Iowa was going to win this football game. I was saying all week that Iowa was going to win by double digits. I told Jeffrey the Greek, our boy, I was going to win by double digits. I don't know what you're worried about, man. I'm telling you, I was going to win by double digits. I was so very wrong. Um, I was very wrong <laughs> about this. Yeah, I mean, you know, who hasn't been there in that in that stage before? But Iowa's defense is still good enough to keep them in games. Uh, I mean, it, it is the elite of the elite defensively. Uh, it's just the offense is, you know, Texas A&M levels are bad. So it, it's it's uh, it's going to be tough for Iowa, but they'll, they'll hang around in games just because of how good that defense is. And hats off to Iowa State, great win for that program, especially. Yeah. Being in Kinnick. <laughs> Matt, listen, I, I I don't rip on Matt Campbell, but like I, I always say Matt Campbell has a ceiling. Matt, Matt Campbell's gonna Matt Campbell's gonna rattle off eight wins. Watch him rattle off like seven, eight wins this year, like where everyone thinks Iowa State's gonna tank it. And he just it, Matt Campbell and Iowa State, seven, eight wins, maybe they'll get to nine. Who knows? Um but you don't don't compare Iowa to Texas A and M, Jay. Don't do that because uh, <laughs> Texas A and M's off or Iowa's offense makes Texas A and M's offense look like uh, Chip Kelly's 2010 Ducks. That's how bad no, Iowa's offense is pretty bad. Um, so I have some I have some insider info. Um, Jeffrey, I was texting with Jeffrey the Greek, 
our guy who's been on the show before, uh, Eyes on Big, um, or Eyes on Big Ten, I should say. Um, great podcast for the if you want to follow Big Ten, just Big Ten football. Um, he said that even though Brian Ferentz is pretty much public enemy number one, they a lot of people within the program or close to the program have felt that Brian Ferentz wants to expand the offense. He wants to change the offense, and Kirk Ferentz is the one that is getting in the way of that. So it might be the reversal of what people think. Um, listen, I was always tough, usually ranked eight or nine wins, but they have a knack for upsetting big teams. But this defense – or sorry, this offense might – is going to limit them. And honestly, if Kirk Ferentz refuses to cooperate or could, refuses to change, this – could be the end. This offense could actually be the end of Kirk Ferentz in Iowa City. I, I I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, I I just don't think that's on the table. Uh, but if they were to make a move, hey, I mentioned Mark Stoops to Nebraska earlier. That's another per. That's another place. <laughs> that's like Kentucky. Hang on. Here's the thing. Kentucky and no, Iowa are pretty much the same. I've said that. Like, I think I've said that on this podcast like five you times. Have, that yeah. Kentucky is the Iowa of the SEC. They've become the uh, and, Iowa of the SEC. Yeah. And this is perfect. Let's let's go ahead and, and get to that game now. Uh, how? Hang on. Next how line. are we? How, these transitions are flawless. <laughs> and I'm just letting you know, like, when, when, when I here's a man behind the curtain for everyone listening. Like, I basically template all the games out like what we're going to talk about and like a couple notes here and there and i didn't even mean for these transitions to happen and they're just seamless we're just that smooth it is it's that smooth um kentucky at florida do you want to start this because i'm going to go on a rant and i want to make sure you can talk first well i want to say something uh this was a very ugly football game but it was football in its purest form this this is what I I just love ugly rock fight football. Mm-hmm. It makes it warms the the cold hackles of my heart, makes me feel good inside. Mm-hmm. I mean Iowa State Iowa Iowa last week against South Dakota State. These are the types of games that I love. Uh, just ugly. I mean, kind of chaotic. Sometimes a little bit sloppy. But make no mistake, this was an ugly football game. And some some people will say this was tough, hard nosed football. Mm, I mean, you can say it's hard nosed. That that can be a word to describe it sometimes. Uh, but I I just love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it's Kentucky's brand of football now, and mm-hmm. it, it's just it's great. It's great, and I hate it is the polar opposite of what Tennessee does. I can't wait to see that matchup later oh, yeah. in the season. Oh, it's gonna be that's definitely something to kind of look forward to again that's why college football is great you have opposite identities going against each other you don't have a bunch of you know in the nfl you, you have a bunch of robots you have a bunch of guys as we stay are, as we say in the mma world styles make fights styles make fight yes i love that so jay you said this game's ugly i love ugly games too it, it, but here's here's my problem about especially people from the sec that they will tell you that this was, like you said, a hard-nosed, tough football game in the South. But if you were to switch these teams' helmets and Kentucky was Iowa and Florida was, let's just say, Penn State, 
everyone in the SEC would say how boring and how and how bad this brand of football is. And I wouldn't, but you would. Again, no, I, I've established. Are you really? I, I'm going to say something that might be offensive. Are you really an SEC guy? I are mean, really? I, I'm a college football guy. You're a college football guy. You're, you're a, again, a, not not the university of, but you're a Texas guy. Okay, you're not you're not state SEC. of Texas. The state of Texas. That's what I mean. The state of Texas. Yeah. And like, even if you okay, not even the Big Ten. If you change these two teams' helmets and you gave them Northern Illinois and Marshall. You're going to get the same you're, – you're going to – this is ugly. Who would want to watch this on a Thursday? This is terrible. You know, this is terrible football. And the South does it all the time. Um, but, listen, was it entertaining for me? Yes, I loved it. I love it. But don't sit here as a as a person who watches SEC football and say how great that game was when you're going to bash it if it's a part of any other conference or in the group of five. And that's Consistency is all we ask for. Exactly. Consistency. And speaking of consistency, let's talk about probably the best game that you, that not enough people watched, and that was Baylor at BYU. This was a hard-nosed football game. This wasn't sloppy. This was a tough football game that is not really <laughs> on brand for the West Coast. You know, Baylor is a tough football team. BYU's defense, even though B- Baylor's offense isn't great, BYU's defense really impressed me. Um, they had four sacks on the night. Um, it, Cougars offensively had a big touchdown in Provo. The place was going nuts over time. This was great. This was the best football game. If you didn't watch this game, even if you know BYU won, Watch the highlights at least because this, I mean, there's, you could probably find 10 minutes of highlights for this game. Watch it. It is, it was a f- great game. Absolutely great. I'm so happy. I watched the end, uh, the, the rest of it this morning because I did, I he, did fall asleep at halftime. He, here's the thing about BYU too is, I mean, we knew they were going to be tough going into this. I, I thought Baylor was going to win that game, especially with I BYU had, missing had, their two, their, the two of their biggest offensive weapons. Yeah, I mean, they did. I was I was Baylor moneyline all the way, but you know, you know how my uh, my lock of the week has gone. I'm zero for three so far this year. Uh, not great. I kind of knew going into Fade this J. that that would fade J twenty twenty two hashtag fade J. <laughs> but let's let's talk for a second about the BYU schedule and how this sets up for the Cougs if they can run the table, mm-hmm. and we'll go into the like the the next game soon. But BYU, Oregon. Okay. They go to Oregon for that one. BYU at Notre Dame. That's still a tough game, even though Notre Dame's no no longer ranked. Arkansas at BYU. So if BYU somehow manages to run the table this year, are they a playoff team? Yes. Have to be, right? They have Have to to be. be. They get the same rules as Notre Dame, and if you beat Power Five, if you keep beating Power Five teams, you you one hundred percent get in, one hundred percent. If if BYU goes twelve and zero, if BYU goes eleven and one, there might even be a depending on who they lose to and how they lose. Even at eleven and one, BYU has a case. 
I will say there's a sneaky late October game. They have East Carolina at BYU. East Carolina is a good football team. That that, that would has, make me a little bit nervous. That, that has, has trap game written all over it. Boneyard, baby. Boneyard. Does home field but have it, East Carolina stuff? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to check. But, I mean, the game is at in Provo. Yeah. So that, that, that helps out BYU a ton because that crowd is just fantastic. That, uh, that They were electric. Yeah. And without so, alcohol. Without alcohol. They probably got some that. Dr. Pepper for the game. Uh, Snuck it in. But Oregon, <laughs> yeah. This Oregon game will be another test. So we'll see what they do yeah. there. But, uh, man, I, I just – it's hard not to – if I was a BYU fan, I would be excited about this squad. Very excited. Very excited. Listen, Baylor's still good. They they Baylor still has their whole season ahead of them. I mean, there's no shame in losing to BYU at BYU. Yeah. I mean, they they were still on the road. On the road, they're still on the road. Very late kick, and mm-hmm. then at elevation. Yep, at elevation. Oh, which reminds me, I think there were like, was it this game? I'm trying to think back. There were like three kicks missed in this game. There was, yeah. There were like three kicks missed in this game. Is that be, is that elevation, Jay? So I don't think elevation. It, like elevation would just mean the ball would carry more, so you'd have more distance on it. I don't think it'll play too much of a factor in the kicks. If there was wind, that would have played a factor. But uh, the elevation itself usually actually gives the kicker a little bit more leg than they normally right. have. Right, because that's like why uh, you know National League pitchers back in the day were like would hit home run. Like that's why the Rockies used to have so many home runs. Yes. Or like the uh, a lot of the longest kicks of all time are mile and, high. And, and mile high. Yeah. yeah. So, Which is know, crazy because you think it'd and... be in a dome. You think it'd be in a dome. But, that but elevation helps. Elevation, man. Imagine elevation. an elevation out of the dome. <laughs> that's why That's why they didn't take Corso to, to Provo last week because they yep. were afraid of the elevation. Um, Quick side note. I didn't watch a lot of this game, I'm going to be honest. But um, shout out for Fresno and Oregon State. Um. And actually, this was at Fresno. Um, what a game! Oregon State scores in the final seconds to score or to score a touchdown right at the end. Fresno State, good football team. The Beavers, Beaver Fever. Maybe. Hey, back. man, that 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 Pac-12 North uh, race could shape up to be yep. pretty interesting this year. I'm gonna have yep. to keep my eye on it. It's gonna be very interesting. Okay, I know you are. I know you you're you're a fan of the Beavers a little bit. I know that's kind oh, of yeah. your Pac-12 team. I um, mean, honestly, I love that whole Pac-12 North just because I'm I'm a Pacific Northwest sucker. Yeah, I think we talked about it whenever we did the uh, the dream tour of college yes. football. Yes, yes, um, that's. But that is those are all the hard hitting games this week we probably missed a couple so if we miss something please let us know on our twitter that hey you guys missed this game you guys missed team why we didn't but um maybe you'll say hey you're right we should more of a um a little bit more of a notice now a week two preview again on the surface doesn't look that crazy but it's it's college football. You never know how it's going to turn out. Um, we're going to start off with Purdue at Syracuse. Polar opposite teams. Purdue and the Air Raid. Cuse is going to try to run the ball in your throat. All going to come down to Syracuse's running game. 
against Purdue's run defense. If Purdue can shut down Syracuse's run defense, or sorry, Syracuse's rushing attack, I think Purdue wins this game. I think right now, uh, Purdue's only a one-point favorite. It's at Cuse. That is a sneaky, tough-to-play uh, place to play. I do I do like Purdue in this matchup, but the line does scare me. I feel like Purdue should be yeah. a, a, a bigger favorite here. So I am a little nervous about this matchup for the Boilermakers. So I actually like Syracuse here, uh, mostly mm-hmm. because you, you look at – I mean, they just handled – handled Louisville in week one, and we thought mm-hmm. that was an indictment on Louisville, but Louisville comes back and, and gets that win against Central Florida. Maybe Louisville's not as bad as we thought. Uh, maybe Syracuse is just that good. And, you know, it's it's at home in the Dome up, up there in uh, up there in New York, so I think Syracuse has a good shot to, uh, to win this game. Yeah. Now, looking at the line, if you just – looking at the line, I would say this looks way too easy to put money on Purdue. Like my brain says, hey, take Purdue dummy, but my heart is like, eh, I don't know. Like this, I, I think I'm going to stay away from this game completely. I really do. Um, also, Kansas, what? Well, probably a good call. Yeah, responsibly. Yeah. You know, you responsibly gamble. Um, Kansas at Houston. Kansas is coming off a huge win at West Virginia. Now they have to go and play a future Big 12 foe in Houston. Houston is looking uh, pretty good. Had that thriller against. Uh, UTSA in week one their defense looks to be um, fixed a little bit which it's gonna have to be if Kansas is going to continue to put up points I think Kansas has a bit of a hangover here Um, I think Houston wins this game it's at Houston I like Cougars to go three and oh yeah so clearly Vegas isn't bought into Kansas being back yet since Houston's still a 10-point favorite but uh, this should be a tough contest Uh, I, I actually like this is one of my games of the week. I think we'll get a little bit of a high-scoring battle here. Uh, I'm not sure who I like in this one, but I'm, I'm favoring Houston just because it's at home. Yeah, I think so. Going on the road twice um, is always tough, especially now you had a big emotional win. So I think Kansas kind of comes back um, down from earth a little bit here. Um, UTSA at Texas, another big Texas matchup. Um, Texas with that big win against uh, Alabama. I believe UTSA, did they beat Army? UTSA did beat Army in overtime. Uh, Texas, you know, falling just short of Alabama. That's a, a tough loss, obviously, but they're, they're going to take a, you know, there are no moral victories, but Texas obviously has to be a little bit happy with their performance in that game. Uh, although losing Quinn Ewers could hurt. Hudson Card a little bit banged up. I like UTSA here. I like UTSA with the points. I'm not saying I'm not saying money line. I'm not saying UTSA is going to win this football game. But if UTSA is getting 13 and a half, I might lock that in once we stop recording this. So I do like I like UTSA to cover. I think this is a close game. Texas has a bit of a hangover and is a little banged up. Um, this right here could be your game of the week. Now, I know Oregon got smoked by Georgia. I get it. But uh, BYU goes to the Autzen Zoo. This is the perfect storm for Oregon. Oregon needs a good win. Oregon is two weeks removed from an absolute 
ass whooping from the Georgia Bulldogs. They need a win. They need it. And what better way to get that win than to get a team with a hangover, not alcohol-related, but from um, emotional, emotionally hungover from a big win against Baylor. Um, I think this is a perfect storm for Oregon to win this football game and to kind of write their se- get a good win to kind of write their season. I like the Ducks in this one. I, I don't know about Oregon yet. I think we'll find out here. Uh, I'm leaning BYU just because I, I don't have a feel for Oregon as a program yet. Uh, I think there's a big gap between Georgia, Ohio State, and then everybody else uh, in, the, in the nation, but we'll see. Uh, I, I like BYU for now, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised either way in this one. Uh, now we now we get to your boys, huh? Yeah. Um, really, just on Oregon, like you said, I think we we're gonna after this game we're gonna learn a lot more about Oregon than we are about BYU. I think we know what BYU is now, but I think we're gonna learn who Oregon is after this one. Um, but yeah. yeah, so Penn State Auburn, uh, Penn State on some sites opened as a four point favorite. Uh, on the road as a road favorite against Auburn, Jordan Hare, historically, you know, tough place to play. Auburn is a team like I, I think they still have the Gus Malzahn effect where they play down and up to their opponents. Um, Auburn killed Mercer the first game. Now they then they played San Jose State last week and didn't look great to be honest. Um, passing game was not good. I think that is a strength to Penn State. Penn State's got to shut down the run. If Penn State can shut down those two very talented running backs, um, Hunter and uh, Bigsby, I think Penn State's going to be okay. Um, Penn State's offense, I, I am a little worried about. Um, I, I, man. I'm not going to use the G word, but I really like Penn State's chances in this one. It's at 3:30. It's not a night kick. I do like Penn State's chances. I think a lot of people are going to be putting money on Auburn, especially if it. I think on some sites it's three, other sites four. I think a lot of people are going to be taking Auburn with the points. So that kind of makes me feel a little bit better um, that Penn State uh, to cover because again Vegas always yeah. wins, um, but. I, I I like my Lions chances, but I just have a feeling that Auburn's just going to play out their ass because that just yeah. seems like an Auburn thing to do. <laughs> Auburn's going to be up for this one, especially after last year. Uh, I hate to do this to you, but I think Auburn's going to win this game. Hey, it, it wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't. Um, I, I think it'll be a low-scoring game, too. I just I don't, you don't see the Penn, Penn, State's, Penn State's offense just doesn't show up. Yeah, and and with the with the crowd at Jordan Hare, I think they'll be fired up for this one too. It's a tough place mm-hmm. to play. Yeah, uh, absolutely. No, I, I get it. I mean, the thing is, I I I still believe Clifford, your starting quarterback in this one. Jualar played the entire almost the entire second half. Um, yeah. I mean, Clifford had one, and he they they drove the ball, but then hit the guy hit hit a receiver in the numbers in the end zone, and honestly, he should have let him more. And then Alar came down, drove down the field, and then threw the same exact pass. Mm-hmm. And it was right on the money where you needed it. And here's yeah. the thing, guys. Um, here's the thing with Penn State. 
in this whole Sean Clifford, uh, Drew Aller situation. Just because Drew Aller is really good and really talented does not mean Sean Clifford sucks. Okay? Sean Clifford, if you've watched college football the last two weeks, I don't think you can give me 25 quarterbacks that are better than Sean Clifford in college football. I don't believe so. I don't believe you can. Now, Aller is more talented, 100%. But I still think Clifford's your guy because he's going to make the right reads. He's going to make the right checks. And I don't think Alar is there yet. He looked good against Ohio. But when you're going against those better teams, are you going to make the correct reads and not just rely on your talent? Um, when Alar does – or Aller, sorry, that's going to give me a hard – that's going to take me a lot to get used to his name because I found out like three weeks ago how it's actually pronounced. But when Aller's there, I do believe James Franklin does make that hard decision and gives him the keys while your six-year your six year guy is still there. But I still think Sean Clifford puts you in the best situation to win, especially against those better teams. I do. Does that make – Jay, like you're – does that you're, – you're an outside guy. But, like, does that make sense? Like, you can have a guy that's more talented and that looks good against weaker competition, but you kind of need a guy that's – Clifford gonna... Clifford is so much stability right now. Unless he, like, the wheels really fall off, you have to stick with him. I know. And, like, that's the thing. Like, you you know what you're going to get from Sean Clifford. Like, Aller, you could you could throw him in the fire, and he's not going to make the checks, and now, now you're screwed. So, like, I think you know – the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. And right now, get Clifford. Lar is learning. Um, he looked good against Ohio. He did. But is he going to make the right checks against those better teams? Because he's going to have to. He's not going to be able to rely just on talent. But offensive line has to get better at Penn State. I know they ran for a lot of rushing yards, but that was Nick Singleton doing Nick Singleton thing. By the way, Jay, Penn State has found a new Saquon Barkley. There you go. I am convinced. Also, they shout out to convinced. Saquon having a good game today. Yeah, huge game. I'm on glad. Saturday. I'm glad. I'm glad he had got to come back. I know he's been dealing with injuries. The Saquon revenge tour is upon us. <laughs> um, so here's a game. I'm really doing like the Chris Collinsworth thing. For here's a game, and so here's a guy. Um, but Michigan State at Washington. I have had this game. I bet on. I bet on this game in July. And I know the line has gone down. I have Michigan State minus three and a half. Um, right now, Michigan State's only favored by one. Washington, are they better than last year? I think they definitely are. So this one, and it's at Washington. This game, this is the game where, like, you remember we said with Oregon, like, we're, we're going to find out more. We're, we're going to find out more who Oregon is than BYU. This is a game we're going to find out about both these teams after this one. Because I think yeah. these two teams, these two programs are kind of similar. Um, but I think we're going to learn a lot about these two teams after this Saturday. It'll it'll be interesting for sure. Uh, I don't have a good feel for this one either way. So, like, I'm staying away from this from a betting perspective. Uh, Washington, 
you know, it, it, it'll be interesting with it being on the West Coast. There will probably be a little bit of jet lag there for Michigan State. But uh, I still feel that Michigan State is a better team, even though Washington has improved. I just think it being a road trip could could play a little it bit could. of havoc. I, I'm still rolling with Sparty on this. Yeah. I'm still going to roll with Sparty. But oh. it's, I don't like it. I, I don't like yeah. it either, but I, I'm already locked in. I'm already locked in. I'm and now we get to now now we get to talk about your ass and m yeah uh i i just offensively what i saw from AM leads me to believe that miami is gonna be able to take care of business uh i just don't i didn't see anything from AM that that gave me confidence that they'll be able to compete with a miami team that is that's very very dangerous uh i mean this game is at home the the crowd will be bought into this regardless but it's it's just a tough matchup and you know AM is still a 6 point favorite <laughs> according to the odds I'm looking at on ESPN that's going to drop quickly uh in my mind but we'll we'll see i mean the, the the offensive line has to play a very improved game against Miami for AM to even have a prayer uh, you know, I, I just, and I realize like, I sound like a Debbie Downer right now, but Texas a didn't just lose and get upset against App State. They were, they were dominated in that game. I mean, that was a dominant performance by App State. And that leads me to believe that we shouldn't expect too much different against Miami. Okay. I'm going to bet on this game. I'm going to bet on this game. I'm going to wait a couple days. I'm going to wait for this line to go down, okay? Cuz people are going to bet on Miami. They're going to bet Miami. When the bet goes when that starts going down, I'm going to see how low it can get and then I'm going to take A&M. I think Texas A&M redeems themselves. Listen, everyone's talking about Miami. Miami struggled with Southern Miss. Again, I know we we like Southern Miss to be better. Southern Miss is not there. Okay? Miami struggle a little bit. I don't know if they're looking ahead or not, but uh, Texas A and M is going to win this football game. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, you have A&M's more confidence winning. than I do. I have conf. It, it's crazy because all my podcast friends and like blog friends, like I feel like I have more confidence in their teams than they do. Uh, like I said, I was toting the I was going to win horn all last week and I lost. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's not good that I'm saying this, but I like A and M. I like AM in this game. Um, I I would take Miami plus six right now, though for sure. The plus the six, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I'm gonna wait a little bit. Wait, let's see mm-hmm. what we can. Let's see how low this baby can get. That's what I would do. Um, Fresno, Fresno at USC. USC beat Stanford, but Stanford kind of hung around. And, like, Stanford's not supposed to be that great. USC has problems on defense. Um, their offense, though, is so good. And I just think – I don't know. I just don't think Fresno's going to be able to keep up. I really, no, really don't. I, I don't think so either. Um, and, I mean, we just saw Oregon State beat Fresno State at Fresno's place. Uh, maybe Fresno gets up more for this game, but I just think USC's offense is too powerful. Over 71 and a half. That is a massive Ooh, over, though. That's a big number. I, I would take the under on that, but 
Oh, I don't know. It may, it may be so. Is it the cheese? It's so ridiculous that you just have it's to take so, it. It's oh, am I gonna take the cheese? Am I gonna take it? Um, Fresno. I don't know. How, how do you go? Do you think Fresno's Fresno's defense can't be that good? I mean, they Not gave up it's... thirty some. They gave up thirty some points to um, Oregon State, and they're a, a defensive squad as well. I just think it's gonna be a lot of offense in this one. Mm. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna for day. I'm gonna back on this tomorrow. I'm gonna see what I have, but I I think I like that over. It's over 71. Yeah. I like it. Um, and then um, finally, a future watch for me. Uh, Northern Illinois lost to Tulsa, but they will be taking on Vandy this week. Um, big win. I think this could be a a cool game to watch. I'm not sure what it's on. But Vandy goes – Vandy's, I believe, going to Northern Illinois to play this game. Huskies need to redeem themselves. I need it for a possible future. Northern Illinois needs to get the seven wins for me. But sneaky good game. We'll find out a lot more by about Vandy. Northern Illinois is a one-point – a point-and-a-half favorite in yeah. this one. So a uh, few things that I wanted to shout out. Obviously, we didn't talk about it, but Kansas State – Dominated Mizzou on Saturday. Mizzou, uh, great performance. Great performance by Kansas State. Somebody who I uh, picked to be in the Big 12 championship. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, a couple cool. of games that I'm looking at on uh, on Saturday that are maybe some under the radar uh, contests that we didn't really talk about. Uh, the first one, North Texas at UNLV. I think this UNLV team is really good. Kind of excited to see that as a as a group of five matchup. Uh, another group of five matchup that I'm really interested in: Georgia Southern at UAB. I think that's yeah. going to be a fantastic group of five game. Uh, so if you're into good football, make sure you tune into that. Uh, we just saw Georgia Southern coming off the big win against Nebraska. They're on the road again this time to Birmingham to play a team that's been basically since since they got their football program back a uh, uh, championship contender in conference usa uh a couple other games so mississippi state at lsu we'll see what lsu does uh their first real challenge after that heartbreaking loss against florida state uh the bobby petrino bowl missouri state is going to arkansas <laughs> So that's going to be a fun oh one. Oh my! Uh, we get to see we get to see Bobby Petrino return, uh, and it, it's a good Missouri State FCS team. Obviously, Arkansas should still handle it, but I'm I'm wondering how many students we're going to see wearing neck, neck braces uh, in the Arkansas student a, section. He should show up on a motorcycle. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Texas Tech at NC State. Uh, I think that could be a good contest. Texas Tech's coming off the big win against Houston. Uh, making the trip out to Raleigh to play at NC State could be a, a good little contest there. That is a good. I uh, missed. I missed that one. Well, Texas you know, Tech's I mean, playing NC State. Yeah, that's I, could be a good contest. Yeah, that is that would be a good contest. Yes, absolutely. Another uh, regionality based matchup for the group of five that I kind of want to tune into: Arkansas State at Memphis. Uh, I know geography isn't your strong suit, Jake, but these it is not. places are, are very close to each other. <laughs> uh, and then the last one I wanted to talk about was SMU at Maryland. Uh, I think SMU 
is a program that has a little bit of hype around them right now. Uh, they just destroyed North Texas. Uh, and then in week two, you know, you play Lamar, who's a, a FCS team. But Maryland, you know, going to play at Maryland could be a tough test. And three and a half points is the spread. So you have uh, Vegas thinks it's going to be a close game. I, uh, I'm looking forward to tuning into that one. You know what? Like Maryland should be. Always... Hey, by the way, yeah. take the over. Take the over in that one. It's, it's 70, 70, but still take it. Yeah, I think I like that. Here's the thing with Maryland. Uh, Maryland, I always say, Maryland is an enigma. Um, they're and also they If it's not like Penn State or like a big program, Maryland doesn't show up a lot with their fans. They they show their their like the opening game they showed their crowd and it was embarrassing um so i don't know if people are going to show up to this one or not um it might be quiet i i i think it might be one of those type of games um but i don't know i kind of like smu three and a half because maryland always loses like i I know we say all the time like everyone loses to a team they're not supposed to but like maryland does it religiously like and it's not like beating it like they always beat texas it's like, yeah, like Maryland, it's like Maryland should beat this team. It's always a team like, oh, yeah, Maryland's definitely going to beat this team. And then they always lose that one. Like that's the game they 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 lose a game that no one expects them to lose. And for Maryland, that's like hard to do. So I wouldn't be surprised if SMU beats them. I'm, I'm really not. Three and a half line, quiet crowd, not going to be into it. Kind of riding high after um, who the hell did they just beat Charlotte, who we just we just found out who we were very wrong about it's not a good football team and i think smu might give them a little bit of the smu might give us some humble pie this weekend also i have loved the smu hype video with eric dickerson the same pony new express yeah i did with, see with that the, with the in shelby the, in the, in the, yeah the the isn't that the one he allegedly uh, so the gold SMU. Trans Am was from A and M. A and M, and then SMU and that was, paid. The, and then he SMU went to SMU. SMU. He yeah. went to SMU, and SMU paid the rest of it off. Yeah. So. They just hey man, it, if you're gonna cheat, lean into it. Everyone yeah. will forgive it. Everyone will forgive and you. And SMU eventually. does have a lot of money, but uh, that's they another that story. Anyways, well. good game to watch there. But I think that's it for this week, huh? I think so. Um, it listen, uh, full, uh, we had a very chaotic week, you know, and I did make the comment, hey, you know, the the the, the not a huge slate coming week. Jay did provide a lot of sneaky good matchups, but who knows? Sometimes the quietest weeks in college football turn out to be absolutely chaotic, and that is why we love this sport. Um, but from all of us here at the Get Back Coach, thank you again for tuning in. As always. Have a great week.